What's up, Motospot listeners? We are back. Episode 5 coming to you from Nashville, Tennessee. I'm excited for this episode. We got a guest on that's been around and he's seen some really cool stuff in his days and it's going to be a really fun episode. So sit back, relax, and then let's get this party started. Uh, first off, I got to thank Spot Network TV for presenting the show for us. Spot Network TV is the fastest growing streaming service in action sports, fitness, and much, much more. So make sure to check out the Spot Network app. Check out Motospot Show on Instagram and check out uh, my Instagram, Triple J533. But again, thanks for listening, guys. We appreciate you making time for us. Um, this, like I said, this episode's really cool. We we got a guy on that's been around for a really, really long time. He does more miles than probably anybody I know. And uh, he's one of the best looking dudes in the pits. He keeps everybody at TPJ in check, and he's also the Monster Army um, coordinator. Um, it's the one and only Jason Wheels. What's up, Wheels? How are you? Triple J, I am great. How are you? I'm good, buddy. Thanks for making the time for us. Dude, I will always make time for you. You call, I'm here. Uh, can you talk about? Can you get my wife on that program? Uh, I don't really like to share, so okay. I'm not really I'm not really good at sharing. So I'd like to just keep that between you and I. Dude, I like it. I like it. So for people that don't, no, know, nobody listens to the show anyway, right? Uh, no. I mean, I'll be honest with you. I I pretty much just do this because I like to talk. So if we have listeners, yeah. cool. If we don't, I mean. I still like to talk, so it is what oh, it is. Perfect. Love you. Yeah, dude, love you. Thank you again for the time. I appreciate it. So you got you're also close with Kenny, so we gotta make this episode better than Kenny's episode, get more listeners and so we can, you know, talk to Kenny and be like, You suck and Will's got more downloads than you did, so it'll be fun. Man, I don't know. You introduced me as a good looking dude, but I don't know. Kenny Day, he might take the cake on that one. I don't I don't I don't know. That that might be a good poll for you to put up. Dude, you pull. I would say you got more in your DMs than Kenny does. Ah, uh, maybe, <laughs> maybe we will. We'll let Kenny think he's better, but we know deep down low, yeah. wheels, wheels is the main guy. We know that's right. That's right. Um, like I said, man, I really appreciate you making the time. Um, like I said before, you've done a lot of stuff in the industry from working with Racer X, now working with Monster Army. You also do the TPJ with Jason. Um, so you've been doing a lot of fun stuff with a lot of cool companies. The biggest thing for me to get you on the episode is I want to just kind of tell your story and let people know who you are and, you know, what got you into the industry. So, you know, let's take it back to your early years. Um, what's what's Little Wheels like and how did Wheels come about? And, you know, tell us about Wheels. Well, you know, you know, it's kind of funny. Like, I, I, I've been around the industry for a very long time. You know, I started riding motorcycles whenever I was four years old. I had a JR50 with training wheels, which is kind of looking back now you know i went from training wheels to wheels wheels which was i don't know if my life has come full circle or if that's a 180 or how you want to look at it but it's kind of funny so i've pretty much been you know around motorcycles my whole life my you know my grandpa he raced enduros and uh hair scrambles and stuff like that and then i had my uncle who uh is still pretty influential in my life he raced you know off-road stuff enduros hair scrambles stuff like that so i've I mean, it's not really my fault. Like, I kind of didn't stand a chance. I was just kind of born into uh, motorcycles and motorcycle racing. And it was always something that I did for fun. Like, I knew that I was never going to be professional. I mean, I grew up, uh, obviously, I'm wheels. I use a wheelchair because I have a neuromuscular disorder known as muscular dystrophy. So I was always a little bit slower than most kids. I was always a little bit weaker than most kids. But on a dirt bike, I was able to kind of not really be equal because I mean, there was limitations there. I wasn't, I wasn't fat, you know, I wasn't fast. I wasn't 
you know, super competitive, but motorcycles kind of allowed me to put muscular dystrophy aside and not really focus on, on that kind of stuff. And, you know, that, that muscular dystrophy didn't really become part of my life until later on anyway. But by that, by that point I was already way, way, way entranced with this sport. There was, there was no way I was ever going to do anything with my life that didn't involve motorcycles. And I, to this day, like, I mean, I don't want to make this mostly about muscular dystrophy, but if it wasn't for moto and it wasn't for dirt bikes in general, like I wouldn't be as quote positive of a person as what people perceive me as and what I try to live my life as. So the way, you know, getting to the wheels thing, like I was 15 years old, I broke my femur. And I wish I could say that I broke my femur, you know, trying to hit LaRocco's leap on a 125 or something cool, but that's not the case. Right. I was walking, I was walking to construction, uh, construction trades classes in high school and someone called my name. I turned around, slipped on a patch of black, black ice and snapped my femur like a, no. uh, like a, like a pencil. Holy so, shit. Yeah, dude, that was, that was a pretty traumatic experience for me. And that was my first taste of a wheelchair and, I kind of use, you know, I, every, everyone listening to this has probably used a wheelchair at some point with a broken leg or a broken ankle or something. So, uh, kind of got my first taste of wheelchair life when I was 15. And then I just never really fully recovered from that because of muscular dystrophy. Basically my muscles don't grow the way yours do, or, you know, anyone listening to this, they, my body doesn't produce a certain type of protein. So instead of growing, my muscles deteriorate. Gotcha. Okay. And, uh, so I never really recovered well from that. And I just kind of, you know, got weaker and weaker. And when I graduated high school, my parents and family is like, we have to get you a wheelchair to use to go to college because you fall down all the time. And like, you're not going to be able to walk around campus. And I can tell you as a, what are you? 17, 18, whenever you graduate high school, I was very headstrong. I'm still very headstrong and I was very against it. A very yeah, stubborn, stubborn. Very, yeah. <laughs> very basically, you know, F this, I don't want, this is, my life is over. I don't, I don't want to live life as someone in a wheelchair. And, you know, I start, so started using it, would use it just enough to go to class, would leave it in my dorm, kind of go back and forth. And by, by this time, like, when I broke my femur, like racing was done. Like my parent, you know, my family stole my dirt bike. They got me, you know, a quad to just kind of ride around the farm and stuff on, but it was never the same. And right. so, but I was still going to races, you know, my, I have a, I had a little cousin that raced at the time and all my friends raced. So like I was going to, I was always going to do something with racing and I was trying to kind of lost, like angry, bitter, trying to figure out what I wanted to do in life. And, I was working at a motorcycle shop. I started working at a motorcycle shop when I was 15, you know, polishing gold wings and, uh, just making connections and talking to people and the, you know, reps and stuff that would come into the, you know, come into the shop. And I always wanted to work in the industry and, you know, we all go to supercross. Like we see that and like, that's what we want to do. So fast forward to, I don't know, towards middle of college. And I kind of, uh, I became friends with a pretty good privateer that lives close to me, uh, Bubba Pauly. Okay. And, yeah. you know, hanging out hanging out at his house and his neighbor actually is the one that started calling me wheels. 
And at first I was, it was just kind of a joke, kind of a funny thing. But then like, as my life, like, you know, evolved and as my career went on, I just kind of was like, you know what, there might be a way I can, for lack of a better word, make money at, at this, like take a quote disability and turn it into like a positive. Something that's yeah. Pro- yeah. Something that's profitable. And I say quote disability because a disability is a mindset. So if you, if you have the mindset that you're disabled, well, you're disabled. If you have the mindset that this is just adaptive living, then here we are having this conversation. And I, you know, I, I, I've grown to learn that, you know, earlier I said I was in a wheelchair and I've, I've adapted my life over the years that I actually hate that. Like when someone says, Oh, he's in a wheelchair. No, I'm not. I never personally look at myself as I'm in a wheelchair. I use a wheelchair. It's, I think I posted it on Instagram the other day. It's just a tool I use just like if someone needs reading glasses or someone, you know, whatever, like it's just a tool I use to conduct my life. So long story short, the origin of quote wheels started at Bubba Polly's house and uh, here in Illinois, at his, you know, just by chance with one of his goofy neighbors started calling me that. So, but that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That's just, that's just the long version of how, you know, of how the name wheels came about. No, for sure. I appreciate it. Like, you know, it's one of those things to where I, you know, the, the backstory and stuff, you know, I've never knew that like you and I, we just met at Loretta's. So we've only known each other for, you know, five or six months. So it was, you know, for me, it, we're still building that relationship and, but I feel like I've known you forever. Um, so like you said, it's, you're really good at making relationships and getting to know people fast. And you kind of take this, took the same path that I did, you know, starting at a dealership 15, you know, just meeting everybody, talking to people, just starting to get your name out there, start marketing yourself. And just, you know, saying, hey, this is what I want to do and, and focusing on that. It's one of those things to where everybody's like when they said I want to race dirt bikes professionally or I want to do this professionally. That was their goal. Well, like my goal, like you said, I wasn't fast on a dirt bike or anything like that. But my dream was to, you know, be in the industry, be a rep and be involved as much as I could. And for me, I, I feel like I've done a really good job, but there's there's always ways to improve. But it was one of those things to where like that was my dream. And I feel like I I'm you know, striving towards it. So I definitely appreciate your honesty. And, and like you said, kind of just using what you have at your ability and just focusing. And like, I don't dude, I don't know anybody happier than you in the pits. Like I said, when we first met, we hit it off right away. And I've, uh, I've been really thankful to have you in my life. And these, in, like you said, your Instagram posts are always motivational and man, it's, it's one of those things to where, like you said, it's, if you view it and your mental game is strong, then your your weakest competitor is yourself. So the stronger you are, the better. So I definitely agree with you 100% on that, or completely on that. We can't say 100% on here, this show, folks. It's completely. Yeah. It's completely. Yeah, that, that's, uh, you know, that that's kind of, it kind of goes to that whole, like, you can have a strong body, but a weak mind, yeah. and you're a weak, you're a weak man, you're a weak woman, you're a weak person. But if you have a weak body and a strong mind, the sky's the limit. Like, ultimately, like, we're our, we're our own we're our own strongest allies and we're all are also our biggest enemies and it's all, it's all in your head. And, and I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, you know, candy coat it. Like, sure. I struggle. Hell yeah. I struggle. You think it's, you know, it's, it's not easy getting, having to get help into bed, having to get help out of bed, having to get helped into the shower, having to, you know, being 32 years old and not being able to put my own socks on. But you know what? I know that once I get help getting dressed, I'm going to the dirt bike races and to me, I don't care what I have to do. If as long as I get to go to the dirt bike races, Oh, and this is how I make my living. 
Yeah. I don't see it. I don't see that as that bad. Yeah, and you get to be surrounded by people that, you know, love you and you love the sport. So like like I said earlier, like the TPGA guys, I know for sure they're super thankful to have you around. You have Jason, which Jason's freaking awesome. I just met him with you as well. So it seems like your whole crew and your inner circles is super positive and, and everybody's just there to enjoy life and, and be around dirt bikes. Yeah, and I mean, you mentioned Jason, and I got to give that dude a huge shout out. Anybody that's listening knows, you know, Jason Watkins is who drives the drives the rig for, you know, uh, the truck and trailer for TPJ. And I, I owe that, that guy's friendship means the world to me. If it wasn't for him, you guys probably wouldn't see me at a lot of races because I mean, there's a lot that it takes to get me to be able to come to the track. And he never, never says no. If I need, you know, if I need, if I need help going somewhere or, you know, to, to just whatever. So I know he'll, he'll probably listen to this eventually. He's not a big, he's not a big, uh, uh, podcast guy podcast tv that kind of thing guy you know he, he comes from the mountain bike industry they're a little bit little bit off kilter sometimes but <laughs> it, 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 they, I, I love that dude so i just gotta give a shout out to him but yeah sure. the the, T, the tpj thing's been cool i kind of got an opportunity to travel with them this summer and help you know help them with uh, a little bit of social media i mean I, i'm, I'm kind of Obviously, when I worked with Racer X, social media was my thing. That was I was kind of the guy there, right? That's what I did was manage all their, you know, help man, help manage all their social media from Racer X to Promote Across to GNCC to Loretta Lens to the High Point page to the whole MX Arsenal Sports X, cloud. Like every, <laughs> yeah, like there's you. You would think there would be a whole social media department when it comes there. Well. I, I can't really say how it is now, but I was their department for lack of a better. I mean, there was a team. I, I'm not going to take all the credit, but it was a lot. So I got the opportunity now, you know, to help TPJ with a little bit of social media, but I'm really trying to like move my career away from that. I, I like, you know, I've been able to help with the management, like a little bit of team manager side and, you know, kind of help the riders on race day and kind of feed mechanics information and stuff like that. And, whether it be lap times or, Hey, you suck here. You could do better here. Or, hey, you're killing it here. Right. So that, you know, that part of my career has been, has been, I, I, I kind of transitioned, you know, a little bit. So, and then my full-time job, I mean, that's just a weekend gig, but it kind of yeah. correlates with my full-time job, which is I am the uh, program coordinator for monster army, which is ran by, Hook it, okay. believe it or not. So it's yeah. a little bit different from, I'm not actually employed by Monster Energy. I'm, a, you know, I'm a contractor through Hook It, but Hook It is who essentially runs Monster's amateur program. And my, my job there is pretty much, uh, I help manage the contingency. So, you know, our athletes, if they go to Loretta's or Minio's or uh, downhill national, you know, national downhill mountain bike event or skating or surfing or snowboarding yeah pretty much anything army you name it um my job is to make sure that their results are uploaded and put into our database and essentially make sure they get paid for you know performing so it's it's been cool it kind of i get to be involved in the sport of motocross and all of action sports on an amateur level during the week and then on the weekends get to go racing at a pro level so it's it's all all of the things all of the time no and that's the thing you you got your your hands full 
pretty much seven days a week. You're doing all kinds of stuff. But let's kind of rewind, like you said earlier. Um, you did some stuff at Racer X and whatnot. So being a guy from Illinois and Racer X being in Morgantown, like how did you get hooked up with those guys? Was it was it through Bubba or was it a different source? But how did you make it from being in Illinois to getting on a um, staff of Morgantown or yeah, is it Morgantown? Yeah, yeah. It's actually a really uh, to me, it's a funny story. And when I tell it, sometimes people are like, wait, what? So I get the short version is persistent. Okay. I met, I met Davey at a uh, party in the past year at Kevin Wyndham's house in 2000, uh, 13 or 14, 12, somewhere around there. I met, I met, met Davey at party in the past year at Kevin Wyndham's house. And at the time I was working for someone else and I said, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to work for you someday, you know? And we were, we were talking. He's like, if you ever need anything, hit me up. Here's my email. I got home and I was like, you know what? I'm going to call this guy's bluff. Like, screw it. I'm going to email this dude. Like, I know he's Davey Coombs, but so what? The name is a name. Like, I'm just going to email. So I told him, I was like, I I basically sent an email and laid it out what I wanted to do that I wanted to kind of be there guy in the Midwest and you know, that they had, you know, that they had people on the East coast in Morgantown. They have people on the West coast in California. I wanted to be their Midwest guy. And then he's like, you know, a little bit of back and forth and kind of told me to develop a plan. And I was like, you know what, I'm going to run your social media. So yeah. fast forward to the following year, we're at Kevin Wyndham's again. For, and I don't mean the name drop. It's just no, no, where good. it happened. Yeah, yeah. No, you're good. Where it happened at Party in the Pasture. If you if you've never been to Party in the Pasture, it's it's a spectacle. It looks so, like a, a fun shit show. Is what it looks like. Yeah, basically. And so, following year, I was actually there covering Party in the Pasture for Trans World Motocross at the time, just for that weekend. Anton had you know given me the keys to their Instagram and let me go and uh, cover the event. Okay. And so, yeah, so we're there hanging out, partying okay. in, a pa- in a pasture and met, da- you know, talking to Dave again. And I said, I'm going to work for you. So we leave, you know, we leave the pasture. We all kind of migrate back to K-Dub's house there in his little entertainment room bar area. And uh, the marketing manager at the time, Nick Kester, for... MX Sports and the marketing manager at the time for Racer X, those who everyone knows it's, you know, they're the same company or well, they're sisters, whatever. So Jordan Roberts, he was, you know, and Davey, those three were there. They were flagging, working, whatever. And we're just kind of, you know, enjoying some beverages, having, you know, having, having fun talking. And I'm like, Davey, I'm not asking, I'm telling you, you are going to hire me. I will work for you one day. And we just kind of laid it out there. And I think maybe he was taken aback by the fact that I just kind of smacked him in the face with it. Yeah. I said, this is what's happening. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And then, so, you know, went home and kind of a couple months had went by and like, I hadn't really heard anything. And I called him and he's like, Hey, don't give up on me. Like, I want to, we're going to work something out. I'm like, all right, cool. So he kind of got a hold of me and 
gave me a little bit of a trial period. I, w- I went and covered arena cross for him that winter. And I was basically racer X as arena cross guy, okay. you know, when Am- when Amsoil arena cross was a thing and kind of a trial period. And I guess I did well enough that they, uh, decided to put me on, you know, put me on full time. And I, that was, that was my gig for, you know, the last five seasons. So I pretty much dedicated my life seven days a week to, uh, making the content that people would see on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter from racer X and pro motocross and all of those entities, uh, my priority. So, and I also believe it or not, you know, after that conversation at k uh, Jeremy McGrath was kind of influential and said, Hey, you ought to give this kid a shot. So I, you know, That's cool. I, I had only maybe talked to MC a couple times before that. And he kind of vouched for me. And that was, at least that's the, you know, that's the story that Davey always tells me. And I'm like, I will take that to my grave. Like MC vouched for me. Fuck. Yeah. I'll take that. Yeah. Expect that in writing. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty cool. Like not a lot of people can say that and say like, you know, Hey, MC is the one who got me a job. Um, he's like an undercover reference for you. So that's pretty sick. But it seems like Davey's that kind of type of person, dude. Like, he's Davey Coons, but he's a listener. So he'll talk to anybody and he'll listen. And then, like you said, if you're persistent, it pays off. So that's pretty cool that, you know, like you said, it's one of those things where it goes back to even when you're 15, just meeting people and marketing yourself and just keep going and going and going and not stopping until you get the result that you want. So, again, kind of going back to what we were talking about, you know, for this ep- for this show and why we started this podcast is to give more insight and, and why we love our industry and how we got the industry and kind of, you know, it's one of those things where you don't just get in and, and have fun. It's it's a lot of work and it's a lot of relationships and you don't want to burn bridges. And so that kind of goes again with this episode. Like you said, it's you've made really good relationships along the way and you got MC to recommend you for a job. So that's pretty sick. Yeah, I mean... I, I often, and I've learned that I never mean to sound anything braggish because I'm just a person. Like I don't, I don't ever try to be inspirational or motivational or this, like that doesn't drive me. I appreciate those compliments. I appreciate that, but that's not what keeps me going. You know what I mean? And so I'll often look at my, you know, my friends list. The people who I'm legitimately friends with, not just friends with on social media, but can call or talk to and have had, you know, face-to-face interactions with or hung out with or hang out with. And I'm like, when I was 15 years old, I would never have believed that I was, you know, that I was friends with some of the friends that I have today. And I don't, I don't see these people. I mean, yeah, they're great, you know, have accomplished a lot of things but Travis is just my friend you know Phil is just my friend Kenny is just my friend you know what I mean like these guys everybody's and I don't normal. care yeah I don't care if it's GL TP Triple J Kenny Day Evan you know Brock whoever like right. I'm just I'm just friends because we get along well and we all have a common interest we're all just goofy dudes who like dirt bikes yeah, I think that's the biggest, you know, outlook. You know, sometimes people are like, this guy's a dick or that guy's a dick. Well, you got to remember, like, if you showed up to somebody's job and you were all in their face, like, you probably wouldn't be the most outgoing person either. Like, granted, there's some guys that do it better than others. 
But a lot of times it's like you, a lot of people got to take a step back and just remember like, hey, these guys are here to do a job. Like, of course, they know they got to, you know, pay attention to their fans and, and do some fan stuff. But, you know, they're, they're just normal guys. They could have, be having bad days. They can be, you know, something can be going on in their life that nobody knows about. So it's one of those things to where, like you said, it's a balance of, of friendship, but also business too, to where you, you never want to come across as like a, a super fan. So, and I think a lot of guys respect that and you just, you're all there for the same common goal is just, like you said, dirt bikes. We all love this industry. We all love this sport and we just want to ride the coattails till we can't anymore. So, um, I agree with you completely on that because it's, it's a fun industry to be in and it's one of those things to where we're, we're very lucky. Um, but it's also a thing too, where it, it doesn't happen and it's a lot of, you know, grind and I couldn't even imagine like you posted a photo, I think three weeks ago or two weeks ago and like you did. 2200 or something crazy miles the other like at Loretta's or something like that oh the or not even Loretta's I, I think know. it's just the outdoor season or something I forgot where it was from but it was yeah, like yeah, yeah. it was like so much like it was like holy shit I've had dude I've had a lot of wheelchair issues this year and <laughs> yeah I was looking at you know the odometer for lack of a better word on my chair and it's like from Loretta's amateur to Paula, the final land of pro motocross, whatever the, whatever the mile is, mileage was like 200 miles or something. And, um, or 2000 miles or something silly. And I was like, that's a lot. Holy cow. Yeah. I, you literally cross the country on a, on a wheelchair. Yeah. I guess I don't really put that into perspective until I see it because to me, it's just life. Like it's just, it's just our jobs, right? But at, at the end of the day, I, I think it's very easy to unfortunately, uh, let me start over. Unfortunately, I think it's very easily, very easy to become jaded in this sport and to kind of take it for granted. And then you have conversations like this or, you know, my, my parents, for instance, they're not very, as in tune as I am with motocross, my parents aren't really dirt bike people. And so whenever, you know, I'll come back from a trip and I'll talk to my dad or my mom about this, that, or the other, they're into it, but you can kind of see the wheels turning like, oh, wow, this is, this is what, you know, this is what Jason does. And then to me, it's just normal. So, yeah, it's like one of those things where like some, I don't know how your parents are, but like, it's almost like they don't like my dad does, he sees it as a job. Of course it's a real job, but it's like. I'll call him. I'm like, dad, I just did that, this. And he's like, okay. Like, like we're all, I'm like all excited about it. And he's like, yeah. So like, what are you doing this weekend? I'm like, well, I, I mean, I'm going to go ride, but did you, did you hear what I just told you? I just did this. And he's like, yeah, I don't know what you're talking about, but okay, cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I mean, it's, it's all perspective. So like I said, like we, we go, we go to the supercross and you know, you or I, we get to go on the floor. We get to go walk the tunnels go to the pits this that or the other it's just part of our job but there are people who would pay lots and lots of money to just get to go to the press conference or just get to go down and hang out in staging like it's things it's things like that that like we take for granted that is actually really cool but it's all like the reason i guess the reason and i'm kind of rambling a little bit but you're good this is what this is what that's for we want rambling that's ADHD. Like we all have it. We yeah. ride dirt bike. Or we want, inside. Ride dirt bike. Yeah, we want inside. So it's almost 
it's almost like uh, everybody that is everybody that is in the pit working, or even I don't care if it's a rep that comes into the shop every day, or it's the guy that is polishing gold wings at 16 years old. Everybody who is in this industry is in this industry for a reason. Everybody who's in this industry has a purpose and has a passion. If they weren't, we wouldn't be here. Yeah. So it's not like this is a, this is a fun life. It's a very fun job. A lot of times it seems like to the outside world, like we're just goofing off and playing and, Oh, you're in California this week and you're going to Florida next week. Oh, wow. Why are you on vacation? Well, no, but I can see how it can be perceived as that. But this life has not been given to any of us. Like it's, I've paid my dues. You've paid your dues. You know, Joe privateers paid his dues. Factory Phil has paid his dues. Everybody in the sport is there because, Sacrifice or, or yeah, sacrifice or grind or whatever, like just a, a whole combination of things. Correct. Yep. Yeah. I, I mean, like you said, I, for me, like I, I didn't see opportunity in California, you know, for the listeners that don't know, I was born and raised in California till I was 25. And then I left California and moved to Indiana, just cold Turkey, me and my wife or wife and I, and we just packed up and left. Um, cause I just didn't see any me getting anywhere in California. I was working at a dealership. I wouldn't be where I am today without that dealership. They've helped me out so much. Um, but if I wanted to become a rep, the, the reps that were in my territory were just such solid dudes and I just never saw them leaving. So, you know, an opportunity came up to go work for Fox and, you know, my wife's like, go for it. We got nothing to lose. We have no kids. Like we don't have, we don't own a house. We're renting. Like, let's go. So dude, we just packed up and left and you know, here we are now five years later. Um, in Nashville working for Western power sports. And man, I wouldn't, I wouldn't take it back for anything. Um, I've made amazing, made amazing memories and met amazing people. And I'm just super thankful. And like you said, it, it, on the outside looking in, it looks like vacation. Cause we're posting on Instagram. We're doing this, we're doing that. But what a lot of people don't realize is there's a lot of late calls, a lot of stress, you know, a lot of traveling and, you know, a lot of days where you're working 14 hour, 16 hour days in the sun. And it's, uh, it's fun, but there's also days where you're just like, why am I doing this? Well, yeah. I mean, I can tell you that's ultimately why I left Racer X and I didn't leave on bad terms. And yeah, I was very blessed. I got paid every day to play on Instagram or to play on Facebook or to play on Twitter. But there's also a lot of analytics that go into it. And there's a lot more marketing and a lot more than just posting a photo on Instagram. And when you're looking at that every day, all day and then you're doing race updates and then on you add on top of that you have interviews and then magazine stuff and then it was just was kind of like okay i need i want longevity in the sport this has been cool there really weren't a lot of social media designated social media workers whenever i kind of started this so now it's become there's more and more and more of those type of people I've I've kind of helped get social media, and I, I don't anybody listening to this. I don't think of myself as anything more than just a person. But I've kind of helped get social media in the entire sport where it is today. So I felt that the social media department at Racer X was at a pretty solid point where 
it was time for someone else to take, you know, to take, to take over and to run with it. And they've done a great job. If you look at, you know, you look at racer X's stuff, you look at promoter across the stuff, you look at GNC stuff, they're putting out some pretty good content. And that's a pretty cool feeling to see that a product, you know, not a product, but no, something I would, that you. I think it's a product. I think you're right. It is a product. I think something that something that you've helped build, and then knowing that the next person is doing just as well or doing you know better. Like I want you know, like I want to see it do better. Like sure, it should do better than whenever I was there. That's the evolution of the sport. That's progression. That's how we want to be. We just grow and grow and grow. And so I have nothing but respect for you know, whoever's doing, you know, whoever's doing that now. And I have a lot of lifelong friends at Racer X because of that, but it was time to move on. It was time to not burn myself out because honestly, I got to a point where I didn't want to look at my phone every day. I would, it, it sounds silly to say, but we all go through it. You go yeah. through it. Every, every rider on the gate goes through it. We all come to a point where if you don't make it, you either adapt or you die. And if I didn't adapt and I didn't change, my career was going to die. So I had to adapt. I had to change just like you had to adapt. You had to move to Indiana. You had to move to Nashville. Like that's just the evolution of not just our sport, but life. Right. Yeah. You got to just keep on moving. Always putting two foot or, you know, always going ahead, looking ahead, focusing on the future and not worrying about what was in the past. Cause there's so Did much. you just tell me to put one foot forward? Because technically, I put two feet forward at all times because my feet are always out in front of me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're you move faster <laughs> than I do. Let's be honest. I I'm, I will tell you that I am not like everyone else. I do not put my pants on one leg at a time. You put them on both times. Depending a lot of times, if someone's helping me, I just put just, both of them in there at the same time. Yeah, I don't even like to wear pants. Uh, me neither, but it's cold out. I'm in Illinois. It's cold now. I know. That's the one thing I don't miss about Indiana, dude, is the snow and the cold. Like, being from California, that was so rough. Like, like you had that story about black ice. When I first moved to Indiana, I was, we got a dog. We flew home to California. We, we got a dog, brought him home. And we're living. He's in the snow playing and whatever. I'm like, all right. So I'm walking around the uh, complex we're living in, and I hit my first patch of black ice, dude, and both feet just full to the moon. Like, just... Dude, and it's and it's not funny. Like, no, like I was looking around to see if nobody videos? was laughing. Laughing. No, you see videos of like people on YouTube falling on ice. I will never think that's funny because that was the one at 15 years old. That was a super traumatic experience, and I'm like, yeah, it is imagine. not funny to me. It's not funny to me to see someone fall down a set of stairs. It's not funny to me to see somebody slip on ice. Like, I just. I don't get pleasure out of other people's pain and like falling on ice. No, oh, man, I, I, every time I see someone, if, even if you're at Walmart or something, and you see somebody fall down you're like, are you okay? Like, yeah. Are, are you good? <laughs> like it's, it, I think that's just kind of how a lot of us are built. It, we, we care for others and you know, it's one of those things like today I felt <laughs> I was at the track today and I was behind somebody and, like I just kept getting roosted and roosted. I didn't want to be a dick and like and hit him or not hit him, but just kind of like you know get close to him. So I waited to the perfect opportunity and kind of slightly cut the track. And I felt so bad after. So I went over to him after the practice. And I'm like, dude, I'm so sorry. I was like, I was just tired of getting roosted and I didn't want to like you know run into you or whatever. And he's like, no, dude, you're good. He's like, I understand. He's like, it's super one line out there. And I'm like, 
He's like, I really appreciate. He's like, a lot of people would have done that. They probably just would have cleaned me out. And I'm like, dude, like I'm not fast and all, but I just didn't want to be a dick. He's like, no, he he was super appreciative of it. Did the thought uh, did the thought ever enter your mind to just plow on the guy though? Yeah, for sure. Like when you're mid moto, like I can't, I'm not, I'm in no shape whatsoever. So like, I'm not trying to say I can ride, you know, good or anything, but when you're trying to put in laps and someone just gets in your way, like anybody can relate to this. It's when they're in your way and you're trying to do laps and you keep getting roosted and roosted and you're like, man, like, come on, get out of the way. But yeah, like you said, in my mind, I, I, there was a couple of times I was just like, I'm about to punt this dude. Plus it's not exactly like hot outside right now. So like in no. the winter time, in- like the roost hurts worse in November than it does in July. Right. Your hands are pretty cold. Like everything's cold. Yeah. He's like, shit. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Illinois, like um, just kind of off topic real quick. What was it like seeing Chase grow up? Um, you know, he, you have one of the best tracks I would say in the country, Lincoln trail, you know, drew and his dad do a really good job out there. And I've had the opportunity to watch Chase right out there. I mean, you got any stories or anything, you know, that you can kind of real quick talk about Chase. Actually, it's pretty cool being from Illinois and watching uh, Sexton where he's at today because I, I, I mean, I'm not close with Chase. I know Chase and his dad quite well. I've, you know, I've, or casually, I should say, I've, I've watched him race his whole career. Like we grew up, he grew up at the same tracks that I was going to. I had a cousin that was the same age as him and they raced 50s together. You know, Chase went on to be where he's at today. My cousin went on to, you know, to go the military route, it, it's just kind of cool to see how two kids that grew up racing each other every weekend kind of went separate direction. You know, their careers went different ways, but it it, it is cool. Like, you know, because I can remember watching Chase on on fifties. I think I think one of the hardest crashes I've ever seen any rider ever have in my life was we were at Dutch Sport Park when they used to have the mini out. And Chase was on a 50, I believe. And they had this like little rhythm section leading up to a tunnel jump. And that kid ate crap so hard. And before, like before his bike was done tumbling, he was already like running to it, got back on the bike and took off. And I was like, that was, the kid was like six. And it was the, like the hardest I've ever seen a kid crash ever. Yeah. And he just got like, it was no big deal. So, and then, you know, to watch him on 80s when I, you know super minis and stuff like that he would you know you'd see him at nationals and he would do what he would do but then to watch him at a local race it's like just to see a kid like that and how smooth his riding style on a 450 is the same as it was on an 85 like yeah. that kid has super the same precise. riding his, his whole life and you know his dad his dad is super nice super cool always you know always says hi to me always talks to me and chases the same way like has every reason in the world to you know, walk past me, but we'll stop and say, Hey, you know, even if it's just for a couple seconds. So it is cool to be, you know, he's from about three hours North from where I am, but I, you know, I, I've seen him ride at, you know, his home track a lot at Sunset Ridge in Walnut, Illinois. And, you know, obviously Lincoln trail and then some of the, you know, some of the other, other tracks in the air, in the area and stuff. So it's been, it's been cool. I think it's, I think it's cool to see kind of, uh, I don't want to jump on that. Oh, you know, hometown bandwagon. I'm not. I'm not that right. kind of guy. But right. I think. I think it is. You know, there is a little bit of home state pride there. I do enjoy watching him. Watching him do well. It's. It's. 
it's pretty cool. It's a pretty cool thing. Yeah, just whenever somebody makes it from your area, just you feel that connectivity to them, and you know, it's like when you you don't want to, like you said, you don't want to be a super fan or claim to, you know, claim like, oh, that was my my best friend growing up or whatever, like. But yeah. at the same time, it's like, dude, like it's cool to see someone make it and and see them grow, as you said, like eat eat crap on a fifty and then run and. Be, then become a two-time 250 champ, and, and now I would say he's going to eventually become a 450 champ. I don't know when, but I definitely see it in his future. I mean, his style and his uh, just riding ability is pretty pretty well-statured, I'd say, for the 450 class, so I'm excited to see that. But we're not here to talk about Chase. I Like I said, I just wanted to kind of brief touch on that. Um, but like I said, moving on, uh, you mentioned TPJ there in the beginning that you did some stuff. This was your first season. Um, between TPJ and I would say racetracks and all the traveling you've done, what, what's probably your most memorable, memorable memory. And, uh, what would you say is something you like, man, that's, I can't believe that happened to me this year or last year or whatever. Maybe it might be in your, in your racetrack days or even your TPG, TPJ days. Man, that's a, that's a hard, that's a good question. And it takes a lot to help me. Usually. I'm kind of a smart ass. I always have a reply for everything, but I don't, I don't, I don't know. Like there's been so many experiences and things that I, you know, for instance, this summer, I'm super appreciative of, and it will always be a, a memory that I had that I was, I traveled all nine rounds of pro motocross this summer with, you know, living out of TPJ's trailer. Like we would, Jason drove the truck. We had the trailer behind us. We would drive from track to track, find a place on the side of the road. Like everybody should travel the country one time in their life, pulling a trailer and just camping at roadside campsites, sleeping. I'm not talking truck stops. I'm talking pullover. Yeah. Pullover on the side of the freeway at the off ramp, wake up in Frisco, Colorado with a big mountain in your face that you didn't know was there the night before and just experience life that way. Living, taking a shower outside in the desert near Moab, just because you've been on the road for three days and you and your travel buddy need showers. So <laughs> guess what? Wheels isn't able to just hop up and walk into the shower. So you string the hose, you get your little adapter, you hook it into the sink, there in the in the camper you run the hose out the window you flip the hot water heater on find a place where no one's around and you let her rip do it you get put in a in a lawn chair and i have i have i now can count 10 states that i have showered in a lawn chair outside because of this this uh pro motocross tour but other than you know other than that like there's lots of experiences like i mean I don't know. The one of the coolest things I've ever done in my life was the very first time that I saw my, you know, saw an article that I wrote published in the print pages of Racer X magazine that you could go to Walmart and pick up on the shelves. And that was one of the that was one of the times where my mom, who is you know a management at our local Walmart, was super proud of me, where she could tell people, hey, look, my son is in this magazine that's on the shelves at, at her store. And, you know, I, I, I've just, I've, I've had a lot of, a lot of cool things. I'll, I'll always remember I shadowed Zach Osborne one day. I went to, you know, went to his house from at 7 a.m. and then followed him until 
three o'clock in the afternoon at the Baker's factory and, you know, to, to work on a story, did a story, you know, shadowing Jenny Taft, which yeah. was something that a lot of people didn't think was the, when I pitched the idea, they're like, yeah, good luck. That's not going to happen. Well, it happened. So like that, that, that was a, that was a cool thing. There's not a lot of people who can say they've ever met their celebrity crush, let alone get to spend a whole day following her around and write a story on her. I, so, missed, I know, miss Jenny. Oh, I know. Right. And then, uh, I don't know if anybody's ever had an opportunity to hit jumps in a side by, in a, uh, razor with, uh, Pastrana, like that's, that's a, one of those out of body experiences where you can't believe that you have the opportunity to do it. And then when you're doing it, you don't, you're, it's so awesome yet. You're so terrified at the same time, but you're <laughs> so terrified that you can't do anything but laugh and be giggly. And then when it's over, you want it to happen again. So there's, there's, and then just hanging out with my friends, you know, yeah, I, memories. I'm, I'm not a, I'm not a name dropper and that's not how I mean it to be. I don't care if right. it's, you know, a private, my privateer friends or my friend, you know, some of my best friends at home, they don't, you know, they, they go to Loretta's and Minio's and stuff like that, but they're just, they race on the weekends and they, they work regular jobs and own, you know, one of my, my best friend, her and her husband own a, own a track in Missouri. And then my other best friend, like she works at a prison and her kids race, you know, race on the week. I said, she works at a prison, not in prison. Yeah. Works, you know, <laughs> and then her kids, you know, race every weekend and I've made Loretta's a couple times. And then, you know, I was one of my really good friends. And like, I have, I, I have friends from local tracks to pro to, to the pro ranks. And I, and I don't, I don't care what their status is. I just care that we have a common, you know, I'm there for my friends. They're there for me. And the same with you. Like you made me breakfast once and I'll never forget that. Like I owe you breakfast. Like it's just one of those things where like you and I met, we kind of gave each other shit. And then now we're having a, a phone conversation. You know what I mean? Yeah. I know. That's pretty crazy. Like, I feel like, like I said earlier in the show, like we've only known each other for a couple months, but like, I like, think in the first three hours we knew each other, like we were talking shit, like we knew each other our whole lives. Like it was pretty funny. Like usually I'm pretty well, timid. Usually I'm pretty timid around people, but like rather right gate, like we kind of just were having fun and just you were hanging out with us at our our um, tent, and it's just everybody had a good good vibe. Like you know, it's you, Kenny, Jason, you know, Andy. Like we were all just hanging out, and it's just like man, it's just stuff like that. You you look back and you're like, dude, that was some of the funnest or one of the most fun weeks, or you know, just Loretta's in general. It's like I said, we, we I knew I knew that our fr- I knew that our friendship was meant to be when I rolled up expecting you to make me breakfast and you were sitting there with a McDonald's bag eating McDonald's and I was so dejected. I was so de- like just crushed and you finished your McDonald's, went inside the camper and made me a breakfast burrito. Uh, hey, you can't be blowing me out like that though. I don't eat McDonald's. Wink wink. <laughs> uh, oh, uh, <laughs> I do, need lay, I do need a lay off of it. It's bad, but what it's happens so in Hurricane Mills? What happens in Hurricane Mills gets talked about on podcasts later. That's fine. I'm all about it. Unless <laughs> unless it happens at the beer tent, then we kind of got to keep it off the record. Well, there was no beer tent this year, so That's I don't true. know what you're talking about. That is true, man. I I don't. Are you going to uh, Minios? Uh, actually, I don't think I'm going to. I, okay. I kind of thought about going for 
super, I kind of thought about going for Supercross, and then I want to be home for Thanksgiving. And, I, you know, I got some family stuff that is a little bit more important to me at yeah, the moment than, sure. than dirt bikes. So Christmas and Thanksgiving are kind of two holidays that I really don't, I really don't like to miss. So I, I kind of, I think that next time you'll see me at a track will be Supercross. Uh, Supercross in 2021. So all, all the rounds or just a few hand selected rounds? Uh, I like the new schedule. It allows for like time off. So, and not, a, it won't be a grind of on the road the whole time. So as of now, I've re-upped with TPJ to okay. help, you know, to help them for, uh, for 2021 for Supercross. You know, I, I've, I really like, I really like that aspect because I've always wanted to work with the team and this is kind of, I've always wanted to work with the team, but I've always been leaned toward privateers before I, when I was trying to get a job in the industry, I used to travel with one of my really good friends who doesn't race anymore, Justin Fruin to basically his whole career, you know, so I lived that privateer life. So I, 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 I gel well, I fit in well with, you know, with the, with the privateer guys, but also, you know, I have, I have the monster army gig, so I'm not, I, I've got to figure it out. You know, I got to figure out how to balance both, but it's busy is better than bored. And I will always put my career, you know, kind of before anything else. So yeah. where there's a wheel, where there's a wheel, there's a way and I'll, I'll figure it out and, I'm going to, I'm going to enjoy this as much as I can while I can, because it's not forever. Yeah. You need to make that a t-shirt. I like that a little wheel. If there's a wheel, there's a way that needs to be on a t-shirt with like your picture and like a stencil. Can we make that? Yeah. Happen? Can we make that happen? Oh, maybe we can get fly to make that happen. There we go. JT, if you're listening, I know you're listening. I mean, why wouldn't you be yeah. listening? Can you make that happen? <laughs> Come on, Mac. Come on, Mac. You don't, you don't have anything else going on right now. No, he's fine. Um, so speaking, so we talked Racer X. We talked a little bit about TPJ. Um, the last question I had, or last subject I had for you was um, Monster Energy. What was uh, that like, and how was that kind of something that you got into as far as, was it Hook It that reached out to you, or what made you get involved with, uh, with that side of the, the sport? Uh, like, you know, like I kind of said earlier, I was, uh, I don't want to say over it because I have nothing negative to say about racer X. I, yeah. Davey is like a father figure to me and we just, that guy has been like a guiding light in my career. And, uh, but I was just ready for something else. And I, you know, I saw that Hook It had this opening for to help manage Monster Army, and I was like, you know what, that could be cool. So I, you know, I kind of had a conversation, and I I did one phone interview, and it was the most casual interview ever, kind of just basically talking like you and I are now. And then they made me an offer, and I I took it. So it was it was one of those deals where. They said it's not like it's not. I, I'm not. I'm not an employee of Monster. I'm not right. an employee of Hooked. I'm kind of, a, you know, not to get technical, but I'm kind of a contractor. contractor. Yeah, yeah. But my job, correct. My job is to manage. Is to help manage along with my team of coworkers 
you know, the monster army program. And that's kind of, kind of fielded through hook it. And it's been really cool because I've got to meet, you know, riders, you know, obviously motocross is my expertise or my niche. So I've got to meet a lot of our top monster elite athletes, but then I've also got to meet, you know, some of our quote privateer athletes that aren't, you know, that aren't the, star riders or the team green guys that are just kind of our independent guys that are still very good because they're on the monster army and they wouldn't be on the monster army if they weren't very good. So it's cool to, you know, meet the, meet, meet not just the riders, but the families and kind of, you know, Hey, is there anything you need? Is there anything that, you know, are you, are your checks going through? Like, are you getting paid? That kind of thing. But then also to be a friend, not, you know, not necessarily a friend, but friendly face. You know, and and there, I work with a great team. You know, Michael at Monster, and Aaron at Monster, and Chris, and my you know my boss Kyle and Olivia, and everybody that I work with at Monster has been we're 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 all a team. So it's 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 cool because everyone everyone plays a role. But then you get to meet these riders. Uh, you know, maybe you'll meet maybe you'll meet someone at a regional, and you know, regionals are serious, but they're a little more laid back. And then you'll see the same riders at Loretta's where it's super serious, but they still, you know, they still have the same demeanor and respect. And, you know, that's, you know, that's kind of what I, that's kind of what I look at. Like, cool. I can talk to, I can talk to a rider at a local race when they're having fun and doing well. But if I go and talk to that same rider after he just got his butt kicked at Loretta's and he's still, polite, respectable, understand the situation, but will still, you know, talk to me. Yeah. Then that, to me, that bears a lot of weight when it comes time to re-up. Right. It goes back to the the relationships. You look at the whole package, you know what I mean? It's, yeah. It's one of, one of those things to where you're not just, you know, going off results. You're going off, they're on track, they're off track, how they are with social media, how they are with, you know, just all things considered are, are in our industry. And I think that's kind of how our sport's going. You know, a lot of times I hear people phone in, like, how do you get sponsored? How do you get that? And it's like, yeah, you want to have the results, but you also want to be respectful, polite, you know, be positive on Instagram, on social media, Facebook, um, you know, and all your, your videos, if it's on Spot Network or any other streaming service, like you want to make sure that you're, you're just always having a good stature to yourself and a good, be a good representation of whatever brand that you're representing pretty much. So I agree with you right. on that. It's definitely one of those things to where it goes a long way when, when you're respectable at, at all cost or not at cost, but at all circumstances. Right. And that, you know, with monster army, I get people DM me or email me or, you know, text me or whatever regularly, you know, Hey, how can I, how do I get, how do I get on monster army or how does my kid get on monster army? And ultimately like, we are, we are results driven, right? Like we're monster army. We're, we're monsters elite amateur contingency program. So yes, we want you to win championships at a national level, whether it be Loretta's or, and I'm just going to use motocross because I'm assuming most people listening to this are motocrossers, but you know, whether it be Loretta's or Minio's or Daytona, but you know, ultimately it's it's results driven but 
be respectful, be a professional, because at the end of the day, this program is designed to groom you to become a professional athlete, whether you're a skateboarder competing at the Tampa Am or at just a local Grind for Life series, or you're a BMX guy competing at uh, Road to X Games or at Dew Tour, or a snowboard guy competing at a local USASA uh, snowboard contest, or you're at, you know, X Games. A world, a world <laughs> cup or winter X games or whatever, yeah. present, present yourself, you know, present yourself as you're already a professional athlete. And, and that will help you not only on our program, but just in your career. So, and that's kind of, that's kind of where I maybe look at writers and athletes a little bit different than a lot. I mean, our industry, you and I both know, we get very stuck on results. And to me, if there's a kid who, has the potential, you know, as a top five guy and has the potential to, to do something good, but is also lives life as they're already a professional. I personally am going to take that in, into consideration whenever it's time to go over applications with the team. Like I, I have no problem vouching for certain writers who I feel deserve a shot. You know what I mean? Whereas there's some kids that, yeah, they win races and, and are good, but Kind of a dick. <laughs> do you want to be? Do you want to be a stuff? And, and it, it 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 sucks to say that because we're talking about riders from age thirteen to twenty one. Like we're talking about kids. Right. So you got to you got to really be careful too because you're dealing with a fourteen year old kid, or you're dealing with a fifteen year old kid and their you know and their mom. And so it's to me it, 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 it's it's the whole package, and that's what yeah. that's what's been cool about Monster Army is. It's allowed me to, well, I say me, but it's allowed the industry and allowed our program to get to know these athletes on a performance level, but also on, you know, how they are as a family, how they are, you know, just just in general. Yeah, it kind of gets you to know that you, you build that, like you said earlier, you build that kind of that personal relationship and you're like, you might not be a gear guy or you might not be a goggle guy, but you're a you know, I can't say energy drink because technically, you know, I guess kids can't. I don't know. Anyways, you're still a guy in their life that's very that they are going to reach out. You're gonna have a few guy kids that are going to reach out to you for advice. You're gonna have that connection. You're gonna have those, you know, a few of them that are like really well connected with you, and and it's gonna be one of those things where you're gonna have people that reach out for you and ask for your advice. And moms and dads say, okay, like we got this opportunity wheels. Like, what do you think? Should we do this? Should we do that? And you can you can give them advice and help them you know, better their career. And it's going to, like you said too, the army is designed to not only build results and do all that, but it's also, I think a good thing for the resume. You know, it's one of those things to where if you can say, Hey, like I wrote for a prestigious company like monster, it, it looks good on a resume. I think, you know, outside looking in. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. And we've had, I mean, we've had athletes and, and I say we, I've, I've only been a part of the monster army for a year. Like I've only been a part of it for a year. So I can't speak, to, you know, I'm still learning the ins and outs, but I can tell you that there, there have been athletes who have been Monster Army athletes who have gone to get picked up by other, you know, other brands and other, other energy drinks and other, you know, this, that, or the other because, not necessarily because of Monster Army, but Monster Army has helped influence their careers and has helped 
project their careers to where they are. So, yeah, I, I 100% think that the one of the main benefits of being on Army is you may, you may be on Army as an amateur and you may not get picked up by Monster Energy as a professional, but you may get picked up by Specialized or, I mean, Fly or someone else because, because of the way you know, the progression and the way that that, you know, the way that the, your career went or the way that you're, the way that you're, uh, presented yourself. Yeah. The status kind of changed when you put the claw on, claw on your helmet or on your Jersey, it kind of makes you get that certain confidence. And I would say stature to where you feel like, okay, like I'm, I've made it to the next step. Now that let's keep pushing forward. Like you're, oh, I, you're not absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 I feel just, just myself, like I get to wear a monster hat. Like I've earned that right. Right. So like yep. you just have a little bit of extra swagger. Like you just feel like you, you just feel like you've, you've earned it. And you know, a lot of people are like, Hey, give me a hat. Like, no, go on your own. So like, if you line up on, the, if you line up on the gate and you're wearing a monster helmet or you have the monster, uh, the army shield on your shrouds or on your Jersey, like you just, you you know that you've achieved something and that you are one of you are an elite in the sport that you choose to participate in. Totally, yeah, I think that's that's huge for kids. You know, it's this sport's all about confidence and it's a huge mental game. And um, the more you can be confident and have that mental strength, it's just going to make your career, I think, longer. And that that's for us too. You know, like you mentioned earlier in the show, like you're your own worst enemy. So the more confidence you have and the more you achieve, just the more success is going to come. Amen, brother. Amen. Um, so before I let you go, uh, we're kind of getting on that, that deadline where I like to keep it that, that sweet spot. I like to say, um, we had the Scott subject, but I kind of posted a little late. So that's my fault. Uh, I didn't see any comments, so I'll kind of just make my own Scott sports. Make sure to check these guys out. Scott Goggles, best goggle industry made in the USA. Um, so support those who are in your country and check them out. They have the widest lens on the market, over 50 millimeters. And the best foam, I would say, wore them today. Love them. The light-sensitive lens is hands down my favorite lens. It changes from clear to dark. So if you haven't checked out Scott Goggles, make sure to check them out. Your local WPS dealer. Uh, like I said, the hands down, they're the best goggle in the industry. And I'm super thankful to have these guys on board. Also, huge thanks to Motion Pro, Works Connection, um, and Bell Ray, And, of course, Spot Network TV. Make sure to check all those social media pages out, guys. At Works Connection, at Motion Pro, at Scott Sports USA, and at Bell Ray Company and Spot, Not, Spot Network TV. And, of course, make sure to check out Wheels the Sexy Ass at Wheels988 and then me at Triple J 533 But, Wheels, before I let you go, we'll do the Scott Sports USA subject. Um, mine's kind of a random question. You know, you, like you said, you've been in the industry. You've done Race Rex. You've done TPJ. You're now doing the Monster with Hook It. Um, if you weren't in the industry or let's say, you you know, it's it could be industry-related too, but uh, if you had one kind of like bucket list item or if you had one like kind of career thing that you could do you know if it's just nations or if it's jumping out of airplane whatever like it could be anything but like what's something for you like maybe a goal or whatever like just kind of you know let us let the listeners know like what's something that really you want to accomplish in the in your life oh man you're hitting me hard here uh, uh, i'm bringing the heaters tonight dude well 
I'll start with this. I wor- whenever I was in college, I worked a regular nine to five job at my county at the county courthouse where I live, and that was the worst three months of my life. So I can tell you that there's nothing. There's not another line of work that interests me. So let's just take that off the table right now. I, right. I'm, I'll scratch that off the list. There's not there's not an amount of money that you could pay me to make me go work a nine to five job that was especially at like a government level like that. Like that was, that was awful. So let's keep it moto related. All right. I've man, <laughs> it, 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 it's tough because I've done a lot of things and I, I think one of the, one of the, I, I do have a lot of goals and I do have a lot of rungs on the ladder that I've not yet achieved. And one of my, like, the feather in my cap where I could, you know, retire and rest my laurels on would be, I really want to work for a factory team someday. Okay. And there's a specific, I'm not going to name that team, but there's a specific factory team that I really want to work for someday. And where there's a wheels, there's a way. If it happens, it does. If it doesn't, we don't always achieve our goals, but I know that, my, 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 I'm not done yet. I've got a lot of years. I got a lot of, a lot of miles left on my wheels here. And someday my career, if it may, may lead me under that tent. And if it does, it does. If it doesn't, it doesn't. But I know that I feel like I have a lot that I could offer on multiple levels. So I, I'll just, I'll just say that someday, someday I, to, to to end my career, I want to be able to, and I don't just mean for a season. I mean, I would like longevity and work for a specific team in the pits. So I'm, I'm just going to be very vague and say that I guess if I could do one bucket list thing, it would be that there's, there's one team out there that I, that I have plans that I would really enjoy uh, contributing to that team someday. Does that team may or may not be ran by a certain marketing company that is uh, not like it's like an outside marketing team? Just curious. Uh, we can we can talk we can talk <laughs> off air. Okay. No, you're good. Um, I think for me, I would. It's gonna sound silly, but I, I kind of always wanted to do this just because you know, like you said, the love for the sport and then just the industry itself. I think it'd be really fun to do it. But I think it'd be really cool to do the whole Supercross series. I, I I just I don't know why I think it'd be cool to go to every stadium and see them all and and just kind of cross that off the list and say I've been to all of them. Um, I think there's a lot of stadiums out there that I haven't seen that I'd really like to see. To see um, another one would be Daytona. I really want to go to Daytona too, um, and maybe even race that one here maybe soon. Maybe when I get older, so I can go slower and, and not feel as bad. But I would say that's probably one of my big bucket listings is to take my wife and and go to every Supercross and just and just see, like you said, just travel the country and see them all. Um, I think there's a lot of. Well, I, I recommend I recommend I recommend renting a trailer, and yeah. just dri- just driving from race to race. And I will tell you that you will really learn a lot about a person when you go on a cross country road trip. So make sure the person that you are going to go with, i.e., your wife, whoever, is going to be someone that you are very comfortable spending lots and 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 lots of hours. Dude, she turned she turned a 
32 hour, 32 hour drive. I think that's what it was to Indiana into a four day trip. Like it was rough. Like she does not like going for long miles. Like we did like eight hours a day. I will say though, we got to stop in park city and that was, I, I really want to go back, back to park city. Like that was well, a really cool time. She's married to you. So she's probably not used to going for long periods of time. <laughs> I mean, duh. I mean, that, I mean, I'm not going to deny it. Yeah. I just just wanted I to just throw that her, out. I just hold her pin uh, wide open. That's fine. That's, That's fine. fine. That's yeah. Oh shit, dude! We got her done. That was fun. Um, did you have fun? Uh, yeah, I did. And I've he, always had fun every time I talk to you. So yeah, I appreciate. I learned something new every time. I, like I said, it's one of those things where I'm not trying to to blow you up or. And uh, but it's there's. I think you have a really cool story, and I really appreciate you having the time for us. Heck yeah, man. Like you said, I always, always make time for you. I appreciate you. Yeah, no worries. Allowing me, allowing me to be on the show, and I can't wait to enjoy breakfast burritos with you at Loretta Lens or wherever our our paths may cross again. Dude, you never know. I, I'm try- I booked my hotel for Indy, so you never know. Never hey, know. I tell you what. If you come to Indy Supercross, we will go downtown, and we will get a nice steak. And we will get some shrimp cocktail at St. Elmo's, St. and Elmo's we will good, have. Dude. Oh, dude, that's my favorite restaurant in the world. So, really? stamp, stamp it. We'll 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 make that happen, dude. I can like St. Elmo's or St. Elmo's and Jack's Donuts. That's that's my shit in Indiana. That's right, good. Deal. Um, Deal. Before we go, anybody you want to thank or any shout outs you want to give? Uh man, I just want to I just want to thank everybody who has helped me get to you know get get to where I am today, whether it be, you know, with products or with support. I mean, I have some, I have companies that, that, you know, that help me out and I have friends and family and just, just everybody. And, you know, uh, I got to thank hook it. You know, I got to thank monster for allowing me to make a living. I got to thank, you know, Davey and all those guys at racer X, you know, I used to work for uh, shades of gray custom helmet painting, JM Racing, like all of these companies that have helped me get to where I am today. And then, you know, the people who send me messages on Instagram and tell me that I'm, you know, I've motivated them or I've helped them or inspirational. Like I, I don't ever try to be that, but honestly, like I have days where I struggle and living life with muscular dystrophy is not easy. And sometimes I see those messages and it's like, wow. So, you know, the, the companies that help me, you know, I shout them out on Instagram all the time. They know who they are. I appreciate them. And uh, I just appreciate everybody that's helped me get to this point. And I'm actually, I mean, I'm going to plug myself for a second. If you follow me on Instagram, Wheels988, when I get to 5,000 followers, uh, one of our uh, TPJ riders, Kevin Moran, he wore a wheels-wrapped Fly Racing USA helmet at the last round of Pro Motocross. And whenever I whenever I reach 5,000 followers, I'm going to give that thing away just, just to say thank you to everybody. So that helmet's there's awesome no too, guys. It's, there, it's a really good helmet. There's no rules. There's no hashtags. Like just follow me. I don't, uh, you know, and once I get the 5,000 followers, I'm going to pick someone random. It will be completely random on one of those random generator websites. And someone's going to get a free helmet. And honestly, dude, if they want to pull a wrap off and wear it, cool. I don't care. Like, right. I just want to say, I just want to say thank you to, to the, it's just my way of saying thank you to those who follow me. So I appreciate it all. 
No, that's awesome. And again, like I said, wheels, it's wheels 988, right? Correct. Okay. So yeah, check him out, guys. Let him um, give away a helmet. Go check him out for 5,000. He's getting up there. So the more you, more people you share, the more people you tell about wheels, the better it is for you. Everybody has a chance to win. There's no obligation. There's no rules. So go hit the follow button. No excuses. So check them out, Wheels 988. Check us out, Moto Spot Show, Triple J 533, and of course, Spot Network TV. Thanks again, guys. Episode 5 is a wrap. We appreciate it.